Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastmatrix.com. That's podcastmatrix.com. But why do we enjoy being scared? Why are we determined to relive the fear we endured back when we were children and the dark itself instilled us with terror? Horror is in our blood. We live it, breathe it, devour it. And if you've listened to our show before, you know how obsessed we are with the genre in all of its forms. So join us now as we share a little more of what horror means to us and what you can expect in the future from Two Guys Talking Horror. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Two Guys Talking Horror. I am one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. Across the table from me is... Jason Contini. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. The Curious Goods Podcast. Two Guys Talking Horror is proud to present the Curious Goods Podcast, which is a detailed and entertaining review and look back on every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Hosted by me and my co-host, Mike Wilkerson, who, not a horror fan, but a fan of storytelling. And we both have some nostalgic reasons for enjoying the show, but then now, uh, you know, just exploring it again 30 years after it's been off the air, discovering a lot of interesting things about storytelling from then and now. So I want to encourage anybody who enjoys 80s horror television, specifically Friday the 13th, the series, to listen to the Curious Goods podcast. There will be a link in the show notes for this episode to check all of those episodes out. The Versus Machine. Now, Two Guys Talking Podcast Network has this great program called The Versus Machine where... Essentially, you take one piece of media and compare it to its adaptation. And usually that means book versus movie. Its counterpart in another, yeah, right. Exactly. You take one form of medium and examine it against the adaptation of however they did it. Whether it be comic book to movie or video game to movie. Or, or vice versa. I would say, or the other way. And, and you know, sometimes it can even go to stage. I mean, you know, whatever the adaptation is. Stage versus film version, yeah. Or sometimes film into comic. You know, what you get the point. Right, you get it. The Versus Machine has a, a couple of really great horror-based episodes that 
I and my co-host Mike Wilkerson uh, took care of. We did uh, Cycle of the Werewolf versus Silver Bullet, the film Silver Bullet. And we also did I Am Legend, the book, versus I Am Legend, the Will Smith film. And uh, there will be links to those episodes in the show notes to this episode, so you guys can listen to those, because, spoiler alert, there's some more horror-based versus machine episodes coming down the road. That's all I've got for housekeeping for this episode, Jason. I want to have a conversation with you. It's something that we don't, I don't, I don't feel like we talk about it enough on this show, we talk about the things that we like about horror and the the memories that we have of being younger and experiencing this stuff. But I don't think we've ever really talked about what actually scares us. Like in real life, like a, like a legitimate fear. Now I'd like to actually talk about then and now. So mm. what scared you as a kid and what scares you now as an adult? Ironically, and I and I say ironically because uh, y- you know, as you know, Nick, and anyone who has listened to the show knows, our intro and outro for this show talks a lot about the fear of the dark and and the mystery of what is in that dark. When I was young, when I was a kid, that was probably my biggest fear. I grew up in South St. Louis, so you know, had a very small bungalow-style house with a very unfinished, creaky, gross, damp basement. And the door to the basement was also positioned right where the door to the backyard was. And it's the city in the late 80s, early 90s. I think the area is picking up now, but back then it was starting to go downhill. It was starting to get scary on the streets. Every time I had to go to that door, to that basement door, after the sun had gone down, I, I, I was terrified. I could not go downstairs if I was told to go and get the laundry or something. I could not go down there without bolting back up the stairs. I mean, it just... And, and I don't think it was the basement because I knew that the basement was probably fine. It was the fear of the amount of dark corners that were there. So I think for me as a kid, it really was the dark. What about you? I, I have to... I totally agree. It's the fact that in the dark, our imaginations fill in mm. that space. And a young child's imagination is boundless. Mm-hmm. Yep. And any time, especially at night, daytime dark, I can deal with shadows. Sure. Maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe be a little bit nervous around stuff like that in the basement or, you know, taking the trash out to an alley or something like that, maybe be a little bit nervous, but it's not until nightfall. Because you know, there is no source of light dangling above you, giving you a little bit of comfort. Yeah, that that kind of safety, I don't want to say safety net because it's above you, but almost like a safety umbrella mm-hmm. that a light or a bulb of any kind will give you in a situation like that. Because we didn't see a lot of horror movies that took place during the day. Sure. You know, all the monsters came out at night. Sure, that was the nighttime was their time, yeah. And then the movies that we did see where it took place during the day, it's like, oh, nope, that's not, nope, can't do this. <laughs> that's not fair. I can recall having to go feed the dog at night. I shouldn't have anything to fear in my backyard, but... Especially with the dog there to protect you. Right, exactly. Yeah. The, dog, the dog would make noise if there was yeah. something there that 
it was going to harm me. But I swear to God, every single time I stepped out my back door at night, yep. the critters were in the dark, ready to roll and devour me. Well, and like you say, too, the, the imagination of a child and what that does. I mean, you mentioned the critters. And yeah, you go outside at night when you're young and, you know, maybe you just hear some crickets or some tree frogs or something. But to a kid... That's some sort of giant insect creature that's hanging upside down in a tree, and it's going to suck the bones out of my body. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So as an adult, what are you afraid of? <laughs> Bills? I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, just adulting in general. No, um, that's all on its own. we could make probably lots of jokes about what's fearful about being adult. But in, in all honesty, I think as I've, as I've gotten older, and now that I've passed that 40-year mark... I think that probably my biggest fear now is uh, mortality, actually. As you know, uh, there's quite, a, quite an ego, uh, an air of arrogance that goes around me, and I'm, I'm aware of it. But, you know, with that comes, comes that sense of, um, uh, of mortality. And, and it isn't just for me. It is, it is for everyone that I'm close to. And, um, you know, it's such a thing that, that it is something that I, I mentally have to work at overcoming so yeah i think i think just the general sense of mortality i can see that i can i can i i i feel like mine is slightly adjacent to that uh my fear is my legacy mm, mm. sure yeah that's What's connected going to be left after sure i'm gone because my wife and i we're not going to have children right we do not plan on having children and i don't see that changing so it's not like, oh, my legacy will be the children I leave behind me. No, I, no. Buck stops here. Yep, yep, so same here. what else do I got? And go. And there's not a very long list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have this podcast and any of the other audio and visual things that I've done. I was going to say some of the films that we've made and the comics that we do. You know, yeah, sure, yeah. Those things would survive, but I mean, they're not... It's not Shakespeare. Right, yeah. You know, it's not Poe. It's, it's not Stephen King. You know, who will remember me when I am gone? And what, right. what is the mark that I have left behind? It, it, being forgotten mm. is mm. On top of all the other things, you know, domestic terrorism. Oh, sure, late, sure. Late payments on the mortgage. Sure, there's all of that kind of all stuff. Of that stuff. But, I mean, those are, those are legitimate adult fears. Now that I am an adult, and I'm no longer a kid because you think that you're going to live forever, now I know I'm not going to live forever. And what has this all meant? What has it all been about? And sometimes I ask those questions of myself, and I don't like the answers, or I have no answer, and that's scary. I would say that's even scarier, yeah. Well, that's where we want to ask you. What scares you now? What scared you when you were young? Share it with us. We would love to know. We shared with you ours. Share with us those fears that you keep hidden. Head on over to any of our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and I mean, where, you know where to find us, and tell us what scares you. Let's, let's step away from all the seriousness <laughs> of being terrified by growing old and dying and being forgotten. Let's dust off our crystal balls and peer into the future and share with our audience things to come from two guys talking horror.
Oh, yeah. Here we go. This will be fun. Is a horror podcast without talking about horror movies. Of course. You've got to talk about horror movies. It's our favorite part. It is. Oh, yes. And one of the things we do here at the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network is we do perspective reviews. That's right. And it, it basically, you know, you take the movie, you, you go back, you take a look at it, you do a little bit of the research on some of the finer points of uh, how it was made, the money that was made, how much it cost to make it, and then you talk about the good and you talk about the bad. And, and typically it's something that is celebrating some sort of an anniversary at the time or, or something like that, but it doesn't have to be. We may just pick some random classic film and, and do a perspective review on that. And we'll start off with the random film of Tremors. Mm. That's right, Tremors. This one, we're definitely going to have some special guests in That's right. We've got other people that loved this 90s giant monster classic. Basically, in my mind, it's Jaws in the Desert. Yep. And I cannot wait to share my perspective with everybody else on that movie. Well, now, perspective reviews are not the only thing that we will be doing as far as these kind of classic reviews go. We also have a a series that we do called Fright-Filled Franchises. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it sounds like. We take an entire franchise of horror films, all of the films that are in that franchise. So if you pick something, you know, like like Hellraiser that has 300 movies in it, then, you know, you got to watch them all and then review them all as one giant franchise. (laughs) Yeah, right. But one that we definitely want to talk about and that we will be doing an episode on very soon is the Mummy franchise. Now, we are not talking about all Universal Mummy films. We're not doing that. We are talking specifically about the three Brendan Fraser Mummy films from the late 90s and the early 2000s. That's a, a very special series for Nick and I because that's that was when we started hanging out, was when the second film came out. So we will, there's going to be a lot of anecdotal stories and um, as well as all of the other usual info that you would get from a Fright-filled franchise. Now, there are two films that we are excited about. They are celebrating their 25th anniversary here in 2021, and they are both near and dear to me, and I'm sure you, Jason. Yes, absolutely. The first one is Peter Jackson's mainstream horror film, Frighteners. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a Michael J. Fox film that is horror-related? Because he doesn't do no. horror movies. And even though this has a comedic tongue-in-cheek slant, this is a horror movie. It's a horror movie, yeah. I mean, it's a dark comedy. Uh, not like a dark comedy like you would see some sort of esoteric, you know, dark uh, comedic play or anything. But it is still a comedy that is grounded in a horror setting. So that makes it very dark. Another film very similar to it with kind of a pseudo tongue-in-cheek approach but is also very much a horror film is one of our favorite vampire films and that's coming from me the guy who doesn't like vampires from dusk till dawn i mean come on that movie is just cool yeah i I love george clooney but i don't think george clooney has been as cool as he was 
in From Dust Till Dawn. And what a great cast, too. So, I mean, and, you know, we're not going to go into detail on that because we definitely want you to join us for that perspective review as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of those two films. But, you know, Nick, there is another anniversary. Yes. A big one. A 25th anniversary for a franchise. The franchise that is turning 25 is the Scream franchise. Yes, before we get that rumored will-they-won't-they Scream 5, there were the first four Scream films, all directed by the late, great Wes Craven. And I cannot wait to delve into the Woodsboro Slasher and all of the characters that surround Ghostface. Oh yeah, and Sydney. Yeah, that's it's it's one of our favorites. I mean, certainly one of my favorites. So that that is going to be very very fun. Games. Well, Nick. You and I both are big fans of games. Now, I know you've played a lot of video games over the years. I've not quite as much. But we do both love card games and board games and role-playing games. And COVID pretty much mm-hmm. opened the door for, well, you're going to be inside a lot. Better, yep. better dust off those board games. Yep, that's right. And, uh, and we have certainly gone into depth on some of those on this show before especially video games. But one thing that we haven't focused a lot on is board games. And I am very excited for us to sit down and play the Universal Monsters game Horrified, which is a full board game based on the Universal Monsters. And we will share our experience and our review of that game with you all. We might even shoot some video to put up on our social media sites before the episode actually comes out. I'm sure everybody will enjoy that. I am eager. I want to say it was last... It was either your wife's previous birthday or the previous Christmas. Yeah, something like that. 2019, we got... My wife and I got your wife the Jaws... Because she's such a Jaws fanatic. She's sharks. uh, Anything sharks. We have been eager to uh, to try out this uh, this Jaws game. Yeah. And I I don't even know what to expect. All I know is uh, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. (laughs) I know that, you know, we're hitting a lot of board games here because, well... With this COVID time that we're in, that, like you said, that's become quite a big thing. And one of them that you have talked about for a while now is a game that you have gotten that I am very excited to, to check out, Godzilla Kaiju World Wars. And I, I'm a, well, both of us are huge Godzilla fans, huge Kaiju fans in general. doesn't even have to be Toho. Anything, giant monster rampaging and destroying a city. I know that you have been very excited since you got the game. I know absolutely nothing about it, which is kind of cool because I, I will kind of come into it kind of, you know, with a, a clean slate. It'll be fun. I, I haven't played the game yet either. I've been waiting. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it might be a two-player game, but I feel like games are better if you have at least three. Sure, you got a group, yeah. And uh, you get to be a handful of uh, the different monsters from the Toho That's universe. cool. And you're, 
it's destruction, baby. You're destroying the world. So, you know, may the best monster win. <laughs> uh, speaking of monsters, uh, a game that I got for Christmas this uh, past year, so uh, Christmas 2019, uh, a game called Monster Slaughter, which is a, a twist on the old uh, monsters attacking the, the college kids in the cabin in the woods. Mm, okay. This time you're actually, you're the monster. Oh. You're trying to go after the kids, and you're actually controlling a family of monsters. So it's a mommy, a daddy, and a baby. And because it's multiplayer, every player plays a different type of monster family. So not only are you working to kill the college kids yourself, but then you also try to work against each other and with each other, depending on what character is being killed when, because there's an order to the kill list for every monster family. That sounds fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. That sounds fun. Um, definitely be diving into that. Yeah, that would be cool. And one of the other things, I mean, we mentioned card games, and we're not talking about, like, collectible RPG-style card games. We are going to check out a game called Don't Get Stabbed. And it's another game that you picked up recently, Nick. And um, and it's, you know, it's kind of a group party card game. It's very simple. Uh, you need at least three players. One person is the killer. Everybody else are the kids trying to run away. And the whole objective is don't get stabbed. Because if you get stabbed three times, you're dead. Definitely, you're going to want to check out that episode as we fully review that, because that sounds like a blast. That's right, folks. We're going to drop a little bit of culture on you. We're actually going to be reading books. Printed page. That's right. You, you, you don't hold them in a tablet. That's right. But, I mean, if that's how you want to read, read. I, I just want people to read. Right. Or, at the very least, listen to the audiobook. But read, people. Exercise your brain. I mean, that's all the preaching I'm going to do. <laughs> so one of the books that I'm excited about is I love Max Brooks. Yeah, I me too. His World War Z. Loved it. I loved the survival guide. Yep. And now he has come along and he has done to Bigfoot what he did to zombies yeah. with his book, Devolution. Yeah, I'm very excited about yeah. this. I'm, I'm a big fan of the myth. Oh, yeah. The mystery that surrounds Bigfoot, and I cannot wait to see what Max Brooks has, has decided to whip up for this, uh, this creature. Well, and his, his writing style, you know, as you know from the previous two books, is so easy. Mm. And, and fun and fluid, that it doesn't feel like you're struggling, uh, which is what I'm hoping will be the case for another book that uh, you and I have yet to read, but we will definitely have to and, and give a review on, called The Living Dead. And this book came out roughly around, probably around the same time as Devolution, and it was heavily developed by Daniel Krauss, based off of many concepts and transcripts and things that George Romero developed. So this is technically a George Romero novel. In fact, it is credited as being written by George Romero and Daniel Krauss. The Living Dead. Probably figure out what, what, it, what it's about. <laughs> right. So that, that will be very exciting to check out. I can't wait for that. We're also going 
going to be delving into something that I have wanted to do ever since the inception of Two Guys Talking Horror, and I want to delve into The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. One of the reasons why I want to do this is because I feel like unless you're a literary scholar, you don't understand what the real story is trying to say compared to all of the adaptations and the watering down of the concept. And, of course, I'm not going to get into it now because I want to save that for that. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But let me just say this. It's not as cut and dry as a split personality. Even though I absolutely love that concept, it's not that simple. So definitely be on the lookout for our review of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One book that I have been kind of interested in as of late, it's actually a young adult teen novel. But, you know, sometimes those can be great. I mean, sometimes kids' books can be great. Look at the Harry Potter series. I like the concept of this book. It's called Clown in a Cornfield nope. by, <laughs> by Adam Caesar. I, again, don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But from what I gather... It's exactly what the title says. I've got no problem with a clown, but there's no reason for a clown to be in a corner. It's it's the Reese's peanut butter cup of horror novels. <laughs> and uh, see, that's what I I want to check it out. So who knows? I've not read any reviews. I know nothing about it. But that will be something we will be talking about at some point down the line. At least in the name, it has a very tongue-in-cheek kind of approach. I don't know if it's if, if it reads that. Yeah, way. we'll see. But uh, uh, something that I picked up a while ago and have not had the opportunity, but now that I'm announcing it on the show, I've, I've, I've got to read it, of course. Uh, I picked up this book called My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. And the description for this, just the, the nice little log line for it, is if The Exorcist was written by Tina Fey. I see that sounds great. So I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Because <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be horrifying and hilarious all in one. And uh, and the book, the way that the, the book is published, it's published, uh, it, the book looks like it's an old 80s VHS tape. Yeah, it is pretty cool bo- uh, so cover it's, art, it's yeah. It's great cover art, so I love the fact that we're going for that 80s tongue-in-cheek vibe. So yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of great literary works, old and new, Heading your way, coming soon from Two Guys Talking Horror. Tune in or turn off. Well, Nick, you know, we do a lot of different uh, types of shows. You mentioned Versus Machine earlier. You mentioned perspective reviews. And we are adding a new type of show going forward called Tune In or Turn Off. And this will be about television. Now, we're not going to break down every episode in full detail like we would on a podcast that focused on a specific show, like like The Curious Goods. But we will kind of look at the show as a whole and review it. And one of the first shows that we will talk about is, I know, one of your favorites. I love it. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I'm looking forward to going back and checking it out. The classic Kolchak, The Night Stalker. And it's not just going to be the uh, the series, which only ran one season. Uh, we're actually including the two made-for-TV movies mm-hmm. yep. that started the trend. Yep. So so it'll be two TV movies and then the series, and uh, we'll uh, review that as a whole. 
in uh, one episode, maybe two. It might it might be so massive that it might need a, a two-parter. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. We can do what we want. <laughs> podcast. Another TV series that's uh, jumping into the present that I'm interested in just because of all the, the, uh, the hype around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, series came out on Netflix called Aries, yeah. which people were basically saying, oh, it's so scary, you can't even finish it. Yeah, people are saying that it is the scariest thing that they have ever seen. So uh, Nick and I will be watching that show, and then we're not going to say anything now. Uh, I've started watching it, and and Nick will start soon, and we, we're not going to say anything. Tune into that episode, and we will tell you if they're right, if it is the scariest thing ever. Similarly, there is something that is touted as one of the more fun shows uh, with a horror slant that you and I have never seen, but I think you're going to to give at least a season's try and and check out Winona Earp. I mean, it does have an interesting concept, and we do both love westerns, whether modern or classic. Western and monsters? I don't see why I shouldn't like this show. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Definitely at least going to watch the first season, so that episode will be a season one review mm. over Winona Earp. Now, traveling back in time, I do enjoy me some classic anthology storytelling, but there was a show that I was never able to actually watch because it was never available anywhere I was. Uh, I, could, I could watch, and that's Night Gallery. Yeah, Rod Serling's other show. Everybody, yes. everybody really knows him from Twilight Zone, but there was Night Gallery, which was similar to the Twilight Zone, only less science fiction and more much more of a horror thriller, even kind of slant. Yeah, and I've seen a few here and there, but uh, I I am going to sit down, and there aren't many. Uh, you know, it, I think it lasted longer than maybe a season, but still, there aren't many of them. So I'm I'm going to watch that show, and we will do kind of a a rough recap and review of the whole series. But the thing that I think that we're both very excited about doing a review show on is a more modern anthology horror show, Creep Show, the television series. Now, I have started watching it. I've watched the first episode. Um, and I haven't had time to get back to it. I know you have finished the first season. I've watched the first season and the two holiday specials that they put mm-hmm. out. Yep. So we will be sharing all kinds of fun stuff about Creepshow with you all. Comic books. Now, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody when I say that Jason and I are huge comic fans both uh, mainstream and indie. And one of the great things about comic books is they do some horror. That's right. And one of the things that we haven't really done a whole lot on this show up till this point is talk about horror comics. We've touched on it here and there, but we haven't really gone into a lot of detail on horror comics in the past. That all changes. That changes. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. We are announcing a just a handful of future upcoming episodes for you to uh, keep your ears peeled for. We're actually going to be taking a look at horror comic book series, old and new. One of the series we're going to be uh, discovering is Crimson, which is a great early 
2000? Yeah, I think you're about right. Yeah. It's either real late 90s or early 2000s. The Crimson is a vampire book. Uh, it's the first time I remember seeing Roberto Ramos mm. uh, do any kind of art. And holy crap, is it awesome. Uh, I, have, uh, I was lucky enough, uh, as the restrictions of COVID have started to lift, there have been more opportunities to go to uh, small, very well-organized gatherings. And I was lucky enough to find the majority of Crimson, and then I hunted down the handful of issues that I was missing. I now have the whole run, and I can't wait to crack that open, read it, absorb it, devour it, and then share it all with not only you, Jason, but our listeners. And I've always been intrigued by that series, so I'm, I'm very interested in that. Similarly, with the, the restrictions, let's not say lifting maybe, but but easing as of as of the last few months yeah i as well in one of those situations ended up coming across the majority of a run of horror comics probably from around the early 2000s as well that i've always wanted to read and i've always thought was a very very cool concept called route 666 from uh, the now defunct cross-gen comics supernatural small town high school kid who who finds creatures on Route 666. And um, I'm very excited. Like I said, I've ended up getting the majority of the run, and uh, I'm really, really pumped to sit down and read through all of those in one night and and share all that with you guys. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. Uh, Something that I know that uh, you have all of, and I'm very interested to hear all about, is DC's Deceased. Basically, DC zombies. Yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially what it is. Um, yeah, we will we will definitely uh, be talking about that. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Actually, enjoyed it much more than the majority of the Marvel zombies stuff that's oh, wow. out there. So yeah. Okay. And, and how many? Were there? Like three? I think that there are are technically three. There's the first one, and then there's one that focuses on the villains. Mm-hmm. And then there is the sequel. And then I think there was a digital-only story that will be coming out in hardcover very soon. And I'll be getting that, too. So depending on when we record that episode, who knows? I may have read that as well. In addition to that, talking about newer comics, something that you and I are both reading, something that you and I just both are obsessed with, Something is Killing the Children from Boom Studios. It's uh, currently still ongoing by uh, James Tinian. It's a, it's a great book, and, and one of the first comics, I know you and I both felt this way, that actually legitimately scared us yeah. reading that first issue, yeah, first issue. I have never felt that way about a horror comic. Yeah. It made me feel like I was watching a horror film. Yeah. And that's what sold me on continuing to pick up the story. Yeah, so that will be, I mean... You're going to want to tune into that episode. And of course, you know, there are so many, and I mean, there are so So many many horror comics from the past, from the present, and coming in the future that we can't do episodes about them all, but we can do lethal listings. So definitely be on the lookout for our episode, Seven Horror Comic Books You Should Be Reading. Odds and Ends. This seems like a perfect time, Nick, to introduce another new series of episode types that we are introducing called Thanks for the Nightmares, where we will 
focus on particular creators and storytellers. They could be directors, they could be writers, screenwriters, artists, producers, actors, whatever. We will take one very iconic and famous, and in some cases maybe not as well-known, contributor to the horror genre, and we will do an entire episode where we thank them for the nightmares. Yes, yes, that'll be fun. Uh, and then there's just going to be some really great topical episodes. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about horror movie scores. That's right, yeah. I think horror movie scores are sorely underrated. Yeah. They are what, I, I, in my opinion... That's the final selling point for a horror movie. It could be... They can make a break. You can have a scary premise, and it could be terrifying, but if you don't have the that score that, that drives the terror and the tension, you fall flat. And we will, we will have a musician and actual songwriter join us for that episode, so be sure to catch the episode on scores. Similarly, going with that music route, we're going to do an episode on Broadway. Probably focused more on musicals, but we're going to talk about how horror has found a place on Broadway and what are what are your best bets to check out next time you get to go to New York, or if you know, or if a regional yeah a regional theater does something yeah we've got two upcoming versus machines for you. The first one will be on Shirley Jackson's The Haunting. Now this. This will likely be a three-way versus battle, where we will discuss the book, the original movie, not that remake, because that doesn't exist, and the new Netflix TV series, or miniseries, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, I also, dropping more literary culture on you, we're going to be doing Return to Hell House, written by the great Richard Matheson who I, I, I feel is responsible for so much so much horror that I love. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at his book and then the film, which I'm glad to say has never been remade. Yes, and yes. And still goes unremade. Un, unremade? <laughs> unremated. Unremated. <laughs> I don't think that's a word at all, but uh, it's one of uh, my favorite roles of one Roddy McDowell, mm. not counting his turn oh, as sure. Peter Vincent's The Great Vampire Killer. And where can you see all of this stuff that we're talking about? Well, nowadays, on streaming. But with streaming comes original features. Mm -hmm. Nick, you and I both devour new stuff when it when it gets released especially when it's on streaming because we can just sit on our sofas and watch it and we will be doing what we normally do when we go out to the theaters especially now while you know theaters are still shut down uh in a great many places we will be doing our cut the crap reviews of many shows that can be found on all of the streaming platforms like Netflix and Amazon Prime and HBO Max and Disney Plus, which I'm sure we'll have a few, even Paramount Plus, which is coming. But the main one that we will be taking a look at is Shudder. We are both huge fans of Shudder, so really be on the lookout for quite a few reviews of Shudder content. And it's not all going to be podcast, folks. We are dipping our toes into the video world, whether it'll be live 
streams from Facebook or pre-recorded uh, bits uh, from us playing games or watching movies that we just upload on uh, the, our social media sites to full-blown videos on our uh, YouTube uh, outlets. Two Guys Talking Horror does not have a YouTube, but uh, we are associated with Archlight Studios, mm-hmm. and uh, they do a lot of our uh, video work. So most of our most of our uh, stuffs are always up there. So you will be able to see and hear us, and it's going to be a very very spooky 2021. Not saying that 2020 wasn't, scary, <laughs> but we're we're going to focus on a different type. Of That's thing. right. That's right. And don't forget, throughout all of this, there is still the upcoming spookies. Yeah. Where you will get to, yeah, where you will get to vote on the uh, the the best horror films of the year through us. So we have, there's a lot that we've got coming this year. This is a big year for two guys talking horror. Yeah, yeah. We want all of you to come along and have some fun with us, and maybe you know have a few screams, <laughs> a couple of nightmares, and uh, maybe you pee your pants because you're so terrified. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's your, it might be your journey. But until then. I have been one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. I am your other host, Jason Contini. Let me remind you folks, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in the dark. You have successfully survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Thank you for listening. Be sure to connect with us through all of our social media outlets. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. housekeeping for this episode, Jason. Let's dust off our crystal balls and take a look into the future and share with our audience what they can expect from two guys talking horror in the future. That's the total that's totally the wrong setup. It is. We're supposed to be talking about what scares us. What says right there. What scares us, what's to come. Read the fucking script. <laughs> I like the crystal ball thing, though. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that back. <laughs> Let us talk like William <laughs> and a speak his mouth. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>